Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for almost nine years, have two awesome kids. And on this channel, our mission here is to create compassion for communities that are misunderstood, marginalized, and or abused by their leaders, as well as empower those who have left, like Sam, by giving them a platform to share their stories with the world. Yes, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for your support in supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing our videos. We really appreciate all of your support. Today we're going to be talking about the afterlife, and we're going to be covering it according to fundamental Mormon beliefs. Yes, and for those of you who are like, what are fundamental Mormonism beliefs? <laughs> we wanted to clarify that real quick before we get into this. So. All of the different branches, like the FLDS that Sam grew up in, and the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or the LDS Church, all share these fundamental beliefs from Joseph Smith. And so when we're talking about Mormonism in general, we're not just talking about the LDS Church or the FLDS. There are so many different branches, so many different groups that have all split off, that all believe that Joseph Smith was a true prophet who restored the gospel to this earth. So when we're talking about fundamental Mormonism, we're talking about the fundamentals that all of those different churches and all of those different religions share. Most of that is within a book called The Doctrine and Covenants. Correct. They also believe in the Book of Mormon altogether collectively because Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. But in addition to that, The Doctrine and Covenants is visions and revelations that Joseph Smith himself had and that were recorded and are now canon scripture for pretty much all Mormonism based faiths. All the, all the breakoffs, the mainstream LDS church and all the breakoffs, uh, a lot of the breakoffs practice polygamy as well, which also is talked about in the Doctrine and Covenants. But yes, the Doctrine and Covenants, it is important to know that they are scripture. Doctrine and Covenants is considered scripture to all branches, mainstream, all of the Mormon beliefs. Yes, and we are going to be using a lot of the scripture from Doctrine and Covenants to explain the afterlife because Mormonism theology is very different from most other Christian faiths. And so we've had a lot of people asking a lot of questions about it, being like, what exactly is it that uh, different Mormon groups believe? And so we wanted to get back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, so that you can see where these beliefs come from in the scripture. And then also later this week on Friday, we will be sharing where the FLDS mm -hmm. took the basic Mormonism fundamentals and also added to it and continued on with more specific doctrine into the afterlife. Right. So stay tuned for that on Friday. But today we really just want to cover the fundamentals of the afterlife and the scriptures where it came from in a vision by Joseph Smith. Yes, and there will be some passages of scripture from the Bible as well. So uh, they have taken some out of the Bible to explain or at least try to explain why they believe the way they do and where some of the Doctrine and Covenants got uh, pieces and parts of that as well. So they do believe in the Bible, in case you didn't know that. Um, the uh, mainstream and the breakoffs all believe in the Bible as scripture as well. Yes. So, where to start with a topic like this? We have to give a quick rundown, and we will show a graphic, probably right here, of what Mormonism believes the plan of salvation. What yes. is going to save your soul in this life and the life to come. And we have to give a quick rundown of the past in order to get to the afterlife. It's also important within Mormonism to know where we come from. 
Exactly. So we are going to start with the premortal existence. Yes. Which is very different than a lot of mainstream Christianity. So yeah. take us away, babe. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, like Melissa said, it's very important that we understand what, where we came from, what the purpose is here on this earth in order to understand why they believe it's so important or how they reach these different places in the afterlife. Yes. So in the pre-mortal existence, it is taught and believed that we all existed, existed as spirit children in heaven with our Heavenly Father. He created us uh, as spirit children before we were sent down to this earth. And in, and in this pre-mortal existence, we actually were able to make choices to, to whether we wanted to follow the plan of salvation or the Savior's plan, or if we wanted to reject it. So we even had choices, or as, is, or as it is called, agency. agency, yes, free agency, even before we came to this earth, to make decisions on how we wanted to fit into this overall plan of salvation. Yes, and a third of the spirits in heaven rejected the plan of the Savior. So I know this is different from a lot of Christian, oh, yes. other Christian beliefs, and it is a big cause of contention for a lot of you. So we understand that. Again, we are just trying to share the Mormonism perspective. Jesus Christ and Satan, because God did create everybody, Satan is also one of Heavenly Father's children. And... Or Jesus, brother. Or brother, brother to, to Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is what is taught. And Satan had a plan that he wanted everybody to be able to return back to God in the afterlife. In yes. a way to take away the free agency for people to be able to choose. Mm -hmm. And obviously that was not the plan that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ wanted. And so a third of the people followed, a third of the spirits followed Satan. And by doing that, they were cast out and they are not able to receive bodies. Yep, so now they are dwelling with Satan, and they follow Satan's plan, and they are basically the evil spirits that are, a fight, that are fighting against God and his work now. It yes. is kind of, so Satan and his angel, angels or his followers. So just, I mean, there was what is called the great war in heaven, where there was the division from the very beginning, even before this world was created. Yes, and out of the people that decided to follow Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ's plan, they were able to receive bodies and come to this earth. They go through the veil, birth, mortality here on this earth. So, whew, that's a lot already and, in pre-mortal existence, so we yes. know it's a lot different. <laughs> and it's also taught that this earth, the world we live on today, was created for the purpose of God sending his children to this earth. Yes. To be able to receive bodies, like Melissa mm -hmm. said, and then in order to experience life and to make choices, good choices or bad choices, and that would determine not only how our life would turn out here, but what would happen after this life based on the choices that we made here. Yes, and the next important thing would be that after death, there is what's called paradise and prison in the spirit world, which is a place, basically what I think the equivalent would be of most Christian religions is what they would consider heaven or hell. But in Mormon theology, paradise, both of this heaven and hell, prison being a temporary, it's all temporary mm -hmm. because it the is spirit world the is spirit temporary. world mm -hmm. is temporary, awaiting the resurrection, awaiting for us to be able to return or to be resurrected with our bodies. 
and the millennium, and we're not going to go into that into this, but awaiting resurrections in different stages, and then a final judgment would be passed after the millennium. So I know that's like a lot of confusing stuff, and some of you may be having a million more questions, but we will give a quick rundown of the spirit world, and then we're going to kind of skip through the millennium and resurrection to get to judgment as to where the final pieces of the afterlife fit in. Yes. So, hold on. (laughs) There's a lot here. So, after we die, there are two places, as Melissa mentioned, there in the spirit world, there's spirit prison and spirit paradise. So, paradise is simple. Paradise, people go to paradise that have received the full gospel of Jesus Christ, were baptized by someone that held the priesthood authority. So, not just baptized, someone someone that actually held the authority of God to do it, accept Jesus as their savior and uh, obey his teachings to the end. Is that? Yeah. Okay. From what I understand, being baptized with proper priesthood authority is what gets you to paradise. But again, this isn't baptized within any religion. It is baptized with proper priesthood authority within Mormonism. Correct. So very important that it's done with proper authority, which a lot of people will hear and wonder why Mormons do, or the mainstream LDS church does baptisms for the dead. And they're like, that sounds really weird. Why would you do that? And it's because the other half of people, so it's very few really who are going to be in paradise. It's only going to be people who are baptized, again, depending on which breakup you're talking about, but into the one and only true church, right? Yes. And then prison is for everyone else. And it's kind of what most people would refer to as hell. But in Mormonism, this is a temporary hell. It's a temporary prison for spirits who have not had their baptismal covenants and accepted Jesus Christ. And that's a place that they can be taught and that they can accept Jesus Christ as their savior. It's taught that Jesus Christ himself will go and preach there and also other angels in paradise will go and teach the people that are in spiritual prison and they will have the opportunity to accept Jesus. And then here on this earth, that is why the LDS do baptisms for the dead. Because right. if people have already passed on, if their work is done for them here in proxy by living people, and they perform the ordinances for the dead, if that dead person accepts it on the other side, they are able to move from prison to paradise for the remainder of waiting for the judgment and resurrection. Yes, and so really the prison is a holding place, a holding place temporary for those that have not received Jesus Christ. And like Melissa said, every one of these Mormon breakoffs are going to claim that they have the, <laughs> the correct and true priesthood. And so depending on which one you belong to, of course, they're going to tell you that they have the authority. And so you will go to paradise. Right? So Sam describes it sometimes as like waiting in the airport. Yeah. (laughs) Like spirit, the spirit world after death is like an airport. And you can either be in the VIP lounge and be comfortable and happy (laughs) and well fed, or you can be stuck in, imagine an airport for thousands of years and what kind of hell that would actually be. Stuck stuck on a a chair that's not very soft that you can't lay down on very comfortably. (laughs) There's always the armrest in the way, right? (laughs) And you, you need to sit there until you hear and receive and accept the teachings of the true church of Jesus Christ. And then for those that accept that, uh, if like Melissa said, if if their their work is done for them through the temples here on earth, then they can accept and they can go to paradise. 
Yes. So they can actually go to paradise the moment that they've truly accepted and their work is done for them to do that. And it would take us probably hours worth of time to explain the different resurrections. Obviously, Christians in general believe in resurrection, first resurrection, second resurrection. All those have a lot of details that we're not going to go to, into in this video, but we wanted to talk about the paradise and prison because we know that is separate. And we are going to kind of skip over those and the millennium into judgment and where people go from this paradise and prison and the different kingdoms of heaven, which again is very specific and different within LDS theology or Mormonism in general from the rest of Christianity. Oh yes. So why kingdoms? Where did this idea come from? Well, Joseph Smith was reading a passage from John 14 2 and it says, in my father's house are many mansions. So Joseph Smith took that as to believe that there must be more than one place to go after this life. And so he took this question to the Lord and asked him uh, for more information. And he received revelation, which we, the, this revelation is found in the Doctrine and Covenants about the different degrees of glory or the different kingdoms that we will go to after this life. Yeah, and we're going to be sharing a lot of direct quotes from the Doctrine and Covenants, but it's really important. This was a, a heading in the Doctrine and Covenants before we get into it that you understand where this is coming from with Joseph Smith. So I will quickly put this quote up, but it said, uh, a vision given to Joseph Smith, the prophet and Sidney Rigdon. So an actual vision that they both had, again, when they were reading about John and they were pondering about this. Um, at Hiram, Ohio, February 16th, 1832, prefacing the record of this vision, Joseph Smith history states, upon my return from Amherst conference, I resumed the translation of the scriptures from sundry revelations which had been received, it was apparent that many important points touching the salvation of men had been taken from the Bible or lost before it was compiled. So meaning they believed that the Bible didn't have the fullness of where we were going to go. It appeared self-evident from what truths were left that if God rewarded everyone according to the deeds done in the body, the term heaven, as intended for the saints' eternal home, must include more kingdoms than one. Accordingly, while translating St. John's Gospel, myself and Elder Rigdon saw the following vision. At the time this vision was given, the prophet was translating John 5.29. So, the scriptures that we're going to be reading from here are from the Doctrine and Covenants from this vision that Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon received, where we talk about these four kingdoms. And on the LDS website, it said that the four kingdoms, the glory we inherit will depend on the depth of our conversion expressed by our obedience to the Lord's commandments. So we are going to talk about, we're going to talk top down from celestial kingdom, which is the highest, all the way down to outer darkness. Trust me, you want to stay till the end to find out about outer darkness and whether or not that is where Sam's going to be going. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes, right? So, and yes, so if there, if we're including outer darkness, then there are four places you can go. So three kingdoms of glory and then outter darkness. It's a separate one. But like you said, stay tuned for that for yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with the top down. Yeah. So the celestial kingdom, this is where the elite go. This is where those that not only were baptized, accepted Jesus Christ as their savior, but fulfilled all of the commandments according to fundamental Mormon doctrine. Now that includes those that were baptized, those that received the Holy Ghost, those that repented of all of their sins, 
those that followed all of the commandments in the temple, outside of the temple, all the different commandments through giving to given to us throughout this life, and stayed faithful to the end. And they sometimes call that enduring to the end. And that means that after you receive all of these, uh, what they would say, blessings or commandments, you have to fulfill that promise that you will obey those until the end of your days. Yes, and in Doctrine and Covenants, when they talk about what they saw in the vision, this is what they say. So in DNC, uh, chapter 76, verse 92, it says, Unless we saw the glory of the celestial, which excels in all things, where God, even the Father, reigns upon his throne forever and ever, before whose throne all things bow in humble reverence and give him glory forever and ever. They who dwell in his presence are the church of the firstborn, and they see as they are seen and know as they are known, having received of his fullness and of his grace. And he makes them equal in power and in might and in dominion. And the glory of the celestial is one, even as the glory of the sun is one. Now they talk about, as we're talking about these different kingdoms, they do refer to each one as the sun, the moon, and the stars, each talking about a certain brightness. So the celestial kingdom you often hear to refer to as the glory of the sun. The brightest, yes. The brightest, right? And so not only is that going to be where the most elite, the church of the firstborn, there's actually breakoffs from the LDS church that actually do call themselves the church of the firstborn. Mm -hmm. So again, believing that they have the fullness of everything to be able to return to the celestial kingdom. Yes. And within the celestial kingdom, you might add, there are actually three degrees of glory within this kingdom. So the kingdom of the sun or the celestial kingdom, there are three degrees of glory within there. So even if you make it to the celestial kingdom, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to have the uh, the top, like the most blessings you can receive. The only way to receive that is actually through celestial marriage. And I'll just quote again, Doctrine and Covenants, section 131, verses 1 through 4. And it said, In the celestial glory there are three heavens or degrees. And in order to obtain the highest, a man must enter into this order of the priesthood, meaning the new and everlasting covenant of marriage. Now that term everlasting covenant of marriage within Doctrine and Covenants refers to temple sealings, exactly. being sealed in the temple. However, the FLDS and most polygamous groups talk about the everlasting covenant of marriage being polygamy itself. Mm -hmm. Within the scripture, it does not clarify that that means just polygamy, but... Well, discuss some of the polygamy side of all of this on in our video on Friday uh, because that's where we'll get into more of the belief behind why some of the leaders like Brigham Young and then today's leaders as well talk about the importance of polygamy. Yes and in verse 3 it says and if he does not he cannot obtain it he may enter into the other but that is the end of his kingdom he cannot have an increase. So meaning out of the three different degrees, the highest is for those who have been sealed in the temple. The other two, if you make it into those, which is either you have not been sealed in the temple, but you do still, you're still endowed, you still have made all the other covenants within the temple, but you're not sealed, um, that you're not going to be able to get to the highest later. You can't have an increase from there, but you will be obviously still in the presence of God. Right. And then the third one being baptized, not having temple covenants from what we understand mm -hmm. and but you're still baptized you're still a member a good faithful member of the one and only true church again you get to be in the glory of god but you cannot increase up into those other right of heaven. And, and you might ask why okay well if you make it to the celestial kingdom you were perfectly obedient and you just weren't sealed and married in the temple 
why can't you be in the highest degree of glory? Well, the reason for that is because the highest degree of glory within the celestial kingdom means that you will be as God is, meaning that you will be able to have your own spirit children, you'll be able to have your own world, and you'll be able to basically do for your children what God did for us on this earth. Have your own world, have your own kids, allow them the opportunity to go down and and uh, populate the world and experience life, receive a body and all of that, uh, just as we are experiencing here as God's children. And we understand, again, I will reiterate, we understand how controversial this is because oh, yes. Yes. it does end up meaning that Mormonism at its roots ends up becoming polytheistic. But basically just meaning that we are going to have the opportunity to become a God, that that is pretty much our purpose here is to be able to become like God. But when we say like God, we don't mean an angel for God, like a lot of other Christian religions. It's actually becoming a God of our own planet, our own world, and that. And so again, we totally understand the controversy behind that. We understand. Just stating facts here. We're just trying to state <laughs> what fundamental Mormonism believes. And yes. again, this isn't even necessarily a reflection on what we believe, but we do want to share what fundamental Mormonism believes. Exactly. So, so the, re <laughs> the remainder of those in the celestial kingdom, the great idea there is that they will live in God's presence. Whereas as we get to these other kingdoms, uh, we'll get into that and discuss the fact that they don't get to live in God's presence like those in the celestial kingdom do. Yeah. So that is obviously the main reason why becoming a member of the church or, again, from Spirit Prison, accepting the, the covenants and accepting the true church as the gospel and accepting Jesus Christ and then accepting the ordinances that come with the only true church is what's necessary to be able to get all the way back to God's presence. Yeah. Next in the levels comes the terrestrial kingdom. Mm -hmm. And in DNC 76, again, here we keep going down a little bit further in this vision that Joseph Smith had. And in verse 71, it says, And again, we saw the terrestrial world. And behold, and lo, these are they who are of the terrestrial, whose glor glory differs from that of the church of the firstborn, who have received the fullness of the Father, even as that of the moon differs from the sun in the firmament. So again, sun being celestial, moon, terrestrial. Behold, these are they who died without law. And also they who are the spirits of men kept in prison, whom the Son visited, meaning Jesus Christ, and preached the gospel unto them, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, who received not the testimony of Jesus in the flesh, but afterwards received it. These are they who are honorable men of the earth, who are blinded by the craftiness of men. These are they who received his glory, but not of his fullness. These are they who receive of the presence of the Son, but not of the fullness of the Father." Wherefore, they are bodies terrestrial and not bodies celestial and differ in glory as the moon differs from the sun. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> so if they receive not testimony of Jesus in the flesh, so the people who are in the prison, mm -hmm. but then afterwards they receive it. They are honorable men on earth, but they didn't accept Jesus Christ as their savior. Well, even some might have accepted Jesus Christ as their savior, but they just didn't have... The fullness. the fullness of the gospel, or as the fundamental Mormon belief would go, they weren't members of the true church, right? And yeah. they didn't receive baptism through the proper channels or through the proper priesthood. So a lot of people that were really good people, like those that are just really good people on this earth, 
but didn't accept the fullness. And this is one of the reasons that uh, Mormon teachings are so talk about the importance of missions and and going out and teaching the world so that they so that others have the opportunity to actually live in God's presence after this. So this the terrestrial kingdom is for those that are good people but didn't actually want to accept the fullness of the gospel. Yes. And again, the gospel, when we say the gospel, I didn't learn until much later in life during our spiritual journey that most Christians refer to the gospel as the teachings of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. or the teachings of the Bible. When we're talking about the gospel, within Mormonism, it's often talked about the gospel, meaning the teachings of the church, not of Jesus Christ himself, because you believe that this is Christ's church, right? That Mormonism or the LDS church or the FLDS church or whatever sect of Mormonism you are, you believe that that is Christ's true church. Right. And so then technically it is his gospel, but it's not the gospel that most yeah. Christians are referring to when they say gospel. Yeah. Thank you. That's, so that's an good important to point differentiation. Out. That's good to point out. We were raised this way to think, you know, when, when someone says gospel, it's the, the church and the gospel and Jesus, all the same thing, right? But that's not the case. You're right. So, yes, we're referring to church doctrine, I guess. Yeah. And another thing about the terrestrial kingdom is it talks about the fact that you get to be in the presence of the sun. So Jesus Christ will get to come and dwell with you. You just won't get to be in the presence of God the Father. So you're almost there again, very good. And we'll talk about this later. They talk about the fact that even the telestial, even the lowest kingdom is so amazing compared to the earth that even though this seems like, oh my gosh, how could you be that good and accept Jesus and get to live with Jesus and you're still not in the highest. And they talk about that they saw that it was so amazing, like way more amazing than what you could ever imagine. So we'll get into that in the next one. But yeah, a lot of interesting pieces of that. Yeah, and, and so, you know, you might ask, well, why wouldn't everyone, if not in this life, in the next life, accept the, the gospel and go live in the celestial kingdom? And I mean, have you had that question Oh asked? yeah, for so, sure. So some people will talk about it as though, well, even on this earth, there are situations that we are, maybe if you are living in a certain class, you feel uncomfortable being around someone else from a different class, right? And so that is something that people will talk about that, well, just because... <sighs> I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, pe people try to use that as an excuse. I think it's kind of bullcrap. <laughs> yeah. No, Personally. I, I, I get like it's, it's going, it's working in my head, but now that I try to say it, I realize that I don't like the way it sounds. So that's why I don't even really know where to go with this anymore. But that's something that was told me and I, it made sense at a time, but now it doesn't really make so much sense. But basically just that some people would be uncomfortable in the celestial kingdom. So they would choose to live in the terrestrial kingdom anyway, because they would be around their kind of people. Yeah, that's basically, and I got taught that all growing up too, that if people weren't living their lives on this earth, just trying to be so valiant and so righteous and have everything in their lives be completely surrounded by living the gospel mm -hmm. and doing what God wants, then an eternity being forced to do that would not be right for a lot of people. They would rather be in a world that fit the lifestyle that they enjoy. What heaven would look like for them would be different than people 
than what heaven would look like for a faithful Mormon, right? That heaven might not look like what somebody else wants. And so they would try to say that. And again, I think as my mind's kind of thought more about that, mm -hmm. I'm like, I just don't know if I believe that's true. Like if you, if on the other side, we're all perfected, mm -hmm. right? And we're perfect beings and there's something that is better why would you not want the best? But that's just my personal beliefs. It's for and those of us that like a cup of coffee in the morning, terrestrial kingdom. <laughs> you like your wine, terrestrial kingdom. If that's what you want in the next life, <laughs> then you will be around those people that like those things in the terrestrial kingdom. In the terrestrial kingdom, because <laughs> you don't get any of that in the, uh, in the okay. celestial. I, I'm joking, because some, some strong, faithful LDS members will tell you that that maybe they're drinking wine is okay in the celestial kingdom. It's just not okay in this life. So, Or maybe you just won't want or crave coffee anymore in the next life because you will be perfected. And then that, that craving will no, be no longer because it's, it's not a good craving. <laughs> okay, we're getting off topic. Okay, next would be Moving the on. celestial kingdom. Okay, and I'll start again quoting Doctrine and Covenants. Same chapter 76 in this vision uh, that Joseph Smith had. And it says in verse 81, And again we saw the glory of the telestial, which glory is that of the lesser, even as the glory of the stars differ from the glory of the moon in the firmament. These are they who receive not the gospel of Christ, neither the testimony of Jesus. These are they who deny not the Holy Spirit. These are they who are thrust down to hell. So people who go to hell, that go to prison, they still don't accept Jesus Christ as their savior. They're not accepting the gospel of Christ, meaning the church. Um, these are they, and then in verse 85, these are they who shall not be redeemed from the devil until the last resurrection, until the Lord, even Christ the Lamb, shall have finished his work. And thus we saw in the heavenly vision the glory of the telestial, which surpasses all understanding. And no man knows it except him to whom God has revealed it. And... It's really interesting because I was taught this a lot, and you'll have to tell me, but yeah. I got taught that the telestial kingdom, this lowest kingdom, the people who never even accept Jesus, uh, let alone the LDS church, was so amazing and so wonderful that people would literally kill themselves to get there if they knew how amazing it was. Right. That's what I was taught. I, was, I was told the same thing, and I think that came from an early president of the uh, LDS church. church, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I was told the same thing, that the, even the telestial kingdom, the, the lower of the three kingdoms, it's still a kingdom of glory, but it's people that wouldn't accept Jesus Christ in this life or in the spirit prison. They still would just, they're, no, I don't believe, I don't want to accept it, I don't want to live that way. So, but we should point out here that it says, these are they who deny not the Holy Spirit. Mm. So you might be wondering, well, if they didn't accept Jesus, wouldn't they be denying Jesus? No, because the denying of the Holy Spirit is something completely different. And we'll and get into we'll that. We'll get into that, but that is what leads to outer darkness. So that is something different completely than just not accepting Jesus Christ. Yeah. So another, in verse 109 too, just have to quickly jump to that because it says, But behold, and lo, we saw the glory and the inhabitants of the telestial world, and they were as innumerable as the stars in the firmament of heaven, or as the sand upon the seashore. 
and heard the voice of the Lord saying, these all shall bow the knee and every tongue shall confess to him who sits upon the throne forever and ever. For they shall be judged according to their works and every man shall receive according to his own works, his own dominion in the mansions which are prepared. And they shall be servants of the most high, but where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come worlds without end. So meaning that most people are going to end up in the celestial kingdom is what I've kind of gathered. I mean, if the celestial is basically saved for those within Mormonism, then you have the terrestrial, which is going to be Christians, people who accept Jesus Christ, but aren't necessarily down for becoming Mormon and making the covenants mm -hmm. that come with Mormonism within the temple. All of those people, you have the terrestrial. And then the celestial is going to be so many people, so many people just as many as the sand upon the seashore. Which is interesting because you would think that if the opportunity is there that after this life you can still accept Jesus, you know, like in the spirit prison, you would think, okay, well, if I go to the spirit prison and I realize, oh, no, I was wrong, I'd be like, hey, let's go. I would, let, you know, I want to be in the celestial kingdom. But what they're saying here is that people are still not going to want that. They're still going to choose to live in the telestial kingdom. It's all about choice. It really is all about choice in this life and in the spirit world. It's all about choice for most people. And we'll get into the outer darkness people. For most people, it's all about choice. And they just choose, no, I feel more comfortable living and acting like the people and having the life that the people have in the telestial kingdom. Yeah, and... I was always, again, it comes down to this thought of, like you said, the idea of wouldn't you want to progress? Like when you're in spirit prison, if Jesus Christ himself is coming to you and he's teaching about himself and he's preaching and these other people are preaching and you're seeing Christ himself, like why wouldn't you accept him? But I was always told growing up that when Jesus Christ came to the earth the first time, how many people accepted him and how many people denied him still? And they did see him and they did see the miracles. So that's kind of the argument for that as far as how could anybody not accept Jesus? They're like, well, just look what happened when he came the first time. Yeah, and not accepted and crucified him. Yeah, and we were taught that we're not going to be different people in the next life or in the spirit world. We're mm -hmm. not, it's not like all of a sudden we are these different people that want to be perfect. If we choose to live a certain way here, you know, and that's what we're comfortable with, and that's what we like, and that's what we want. Why would we change that in the spirit world? That's kind of the idea, right? That, yeah. that you know, there's a lot of people that don't accept Jesus Christ here, and that's who they are. That's who they choose to be. Why will they be any different in the spirit world? So, yes, I, I heard that too. Yeah. Okay, last <laughs> and least. <laughs> yes, the least and the last. The least and the last is outer darkness. Now, this is not... A glory world at all so there's the different kingdoms of glory and then you have outer darkness and in dnc again in 76 in the same vision that joseph smith had um he talks about outer darkness and so we want to cover that quickly as well and it says in verse 30 and we saw a vision of the sufferings of those with whom he made war and overcame for thus came the voice of the lord unto us they are they who are the sons of perdition, of whom I say that it had been better for them never to have been born. For they are vessels of wrath, doomed to suffer the wrath of God with the devil and his angels in eternity, concerning whom I have said there is no forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come. 
having denied the Holy Spirit after having received it, and having denied the only begotten Son of the Father, having crucified him unto themselves, and put him to an open shame. These are they who shall go away into the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels, and the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power. So, whoo! So basically, the outer darkness is a very unspecial place for those that were in a position where they received all of the full the fullness of the gospel or, or the fullness of what the church has to offer and that they received they received Jesus they received the Holy Ghost they received all of their uh, covenants and and ordinances in the temple that they had it all and then they denied it and decide to, instead of living that way, they want to leave that behind, choose a different life. And they would say also that they choose to fight against the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, this is one of those that a lot of people and different sects of Mormonism and different branches believe differently what it takes to be a son of perdition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Speaking, growing up, LDS, I'm going to cover that real quick, and then you can tell us quickly what it takes yeah. to be a set of perdition. So, older prophets had different views, and you'll see some quotes, but modern-day prophets and more and more recent prophets have and apostles have come out and said, to be actually a son of perdition within the LDS church, you basically would have had to see Jesus Christ yourself, because everything else is based on faith. Okay, so the idea that you denied the only begotten son, you couldn't do that unless you had seen him face to face. And if you had, the likelihood of you denying him is so small that basically no one is really, there's not going to be very many people who go to outer darkness, right? Denying the Holy Ghost. So not just having received it, because it sounds so simple like, oh, well, I received the Holy Ghost after baptism at the age of eight. And if I deny that there's a Holy Ghost later or you could say become an apostate or leave the church at all, does that mean that I'm going to outer darkness as somebody who has left the LDS faith? And I believe most and the leaders of the LDS church would say, no, absolutely not, because I was built on faith, my beliefs, and if those beliefs change and I have a different faith or different belief now, and that's what I believe within my heart, I haven't seen enough and I don't have a strong enough knowledge beyond faith to be able to actually deny to Jesus or the Holy Ghost to make that decision. So within the mainstream LDS church, it is almost, I won't say impossible because there are some that they say in the Bible that actually saw Jesus face to face and then denied him. Yeah. But within the modern LDS church, it is not very likely that you're going to get sent out to outer darkness. I guarantee I could go to the leaders of the church now and be like, since I have left the church and have changed my beliefs, am I going to go to outer darkness? Am I a son of perdition? And they would say no. Yes. So according to current, modern, mainstream LDS church, I do not qualify for outer darkness. Yes. Thank goodness. Now within the FLDS. Now within the FLDS church, I have no hope. <laughs> Somebody save me. <laughs> no. No. So basically, they, they go back to the original teachings and they don't try to, they don't try to, I say this always the wrong way. They don't. They don't try to buttercoat anything. <laughs> I mean sugarcoat. They don't try to sugarcoat anything. He likes to coat everything in butter yeah, instead of sugar, and we don't know why. <laughs> anyway, so basically, I would definitely be going to outer darkness because I was a part of the true church. 
I received all, well, they don't really have temple ceilings. It's, or at least not in the same way the mainstream LDS church does. So in their mind, because I was born into the church, I received priesthood. the priesthood, I was baptized, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, the Holy Ghost, and all of that. And then I chose to leave that belief and live a different life and, heaven forbid, join another church that was frowned upon as well. I, I have given up everything and I am going straight to outer darkness because even if I don't come out and actually go and start to try and fight against the church, the FLDS church in this case, I, because I'm no longer believing in it, I'm technically against it because now I'm on, as they would say, on Satan's ground. And when it says in verse 35, having denied the Holy Spirit after having received it, they mean that very literally. And the fact that he received the gift of the Holy Ghost through priesthood ordinances in the FLDS. Mm -hmm. And by him leaving the church, that is denying the Holy Spirit right. of what the Holy Spirit should have taught him within the FLDS. And so that is him denying the Holy Ghost, which is but the hey, son of perdition. But hey, if we're talking about the FLDS here, if Warren Jeffs is going to be in the celestial kingdom, FLDS outer darkness is a perfect place for me, as far away as I can get. <laughs> From that, so there just, you go. just saying. Just saying. That's a very good point. <laughs> Last thing to kind of mention what Joseph Smith said, Joseph Smith says about the kingdoms is he did say, and this is in the history of the church, chapter five, verse four o two. He said, "I could explain a hundredfold more than I ever have of the glories of the kingdoms manifested to me in the vision, were I permitted, and were the people prepared to receive them." So he does, again, he had mentioned that even the celestial kingdom was so amazing and the glory was just beyond measure, right? And then he mentions that there's so much more that he could if people were prepared to receive them. And I end on that note because on Friday we're going to be talking about revelations from Warren Jeffs given to the FLDS of what he would consider the people being prepared to receive more about the glories and the kingdoms of heaven. He takes the three kingdoms of glory and adds a lot more to it. Let's just say that. So stay tuned. We have a lot more to come about what the FLDS believe. And I guess in some ways, why they do what they do and why they stick it out. Why is it so important to them to live the life that they're asked to live? Yeah, and in addition to that, a big piece of that is also where polygamy fits into these kingdoms, which right. we haven't really covered here, but we are going to cover in our next video how polygamy fits into these kingdoms, where it fits in an FLDS afterlife, where it fits in mostly in the FLDS afterlife. So we are excited to share that with you. Thank you all for being here. If you want to hear more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy or more about these topics, about fundamental Mormonism theology, then please like and subscribe. Yes, thank you all so much for being here and we look forward to talking with you soon. Talk to y'all soon.